Hello and welcome to Reboot for a special live episode of the No Ordinary Tech Podcast, the hit podcast which charted in Spotify's top 10 for tech. Yes, this series is all about real people in tech engaging in real talk, where we share our hot takes on everything from the upcoming trends to watch out for in 2024 to future-proofing your skills in the tech space. Whether you're an engineer, data scientist or project manager, we've got you covered. I'm your host, technology broadcaster and journalist Georgie Barrett, and with me today are two thought leaders in the training and development of technology professionals. We have the head of CTO skills and community at Lloyd's Banking Group, Sarah Mill, and lead engineer in CTO skills and community, Alistair Watkins. And they join me for a second episode hosted here live at Reboot X, a special series of events created by Lloyd's Banking Group with interactive learning experiences, talks and hackathons. They take place in major UK technology hubs and today we are recording from London. So this episode is all about the evolving ways in which technologists develop their skills, especially in a post-pandemic world. But before we get stuck into all that, let's first of all meet our guests. Sarah, Alistair, welcome. Hi. Hello. Hello. Now, Sarah, do you want to kick things off and just tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Lloyd's? So my role at Lloyd's, Georgie, is around building the engineering skills that we need for our digital bank transformation, which is easily said. I know, I was going to say, that's quite a big job probably, isn't it? It is quite big. We've got a large engineering community. We have a number of different technologies and we're on a journey. So we're always looking at what's coming up next. What are the skills that our engineers need to know? before we put these programs together and help them get those skills. Great. And Alistair? So I very much focus on how we support engineers in learning. um, And that's across all of our sort of learning platforms, instructor-led learning that we run, and also how we bring it all together with our sort of immersive hands-on learning and social learning. Brilliant. Now, you know, so Sarah, you hinted at that there, you know, we know people in tech are some of the most skills hungry out there. And, you know, they're always looking to get the edge and just the very nature of working in technology is constantly changing. So it has to be an evolution of your learning process. Um, so with this in mind, you know, and Alistair, let me come to you. Like, What are the latest, most innovative learning and development techniques you've encountered in the technology space? that you're really excited about? I suppose the really obvious one is all around Gen AI. And obviously people are really worried about robots taking over their work, but that's unlikely to happen in the next kind of week or so. But Gen AI offers a lot of opportunities for engineers to learn about tech uh, in that, you know, you can use things like ChatGPT or Copilot uh, to really support learning. So there's things that you can do like digesting deep topics. You can ask for a summary of something or you can ask for... Uh, a new concept to be related to you. So you can say, I know a bit about this. Tell me about that in the in the context of this. And it makes it much easier than reading dry articles and things where you, you have to look at where they're pitched and what the audience is. And do you find that people are using, you know, those kind of tools already in the workplace? Definitely outside of work, you know, on a personal device, engineers are using that quite often. It's a great way of just searching and sort of getting content from the internet. Yeah, but, and I feel like there's a but there, within the workspace, using those tools comes with some risks. Do you, know, do you, have, a, do you have rules around being able to use ChatGPT at Lloyd's? Yeah, so obviously inside the bank, it's very much seen as emerging technology. So it's something that we're looking into rather than available on everyone's desktop. So it's something that we're sort of, we're watching and, and learning from. I think what's key for me in anybody's learning is you feel happy 
with the approach you've got to learning, that the style suits you and the content is, is what you want from it. Um, rather than, oh, I'm just going to go with the, late, with the latest trend if, if that doesn't suit. And therefore, over time, we have more and more different ways of consuming learning content. And I think as a team that works on skills, we have to be mindful of all those different medium because there will be something, something for everyone, but not one size that fits all. And how do you present those different mediums to people? Because I guess, you know, for me, I'm like, do I know my style of learning? Is there, is there a way that really suits me? I'm not sure, but um, it'd be quite interesting to go on that journey and to explore it a bit more. Yeah, I think um, we offer a, a range of, of products. Um, we you know, present talks, um, keep them quite short. Um, we've built up a library of sort of on-demand content so colleagues can choose when they want to listen to, to content. It might not be relevant at the point we broadcast it live, but six months down the line, they might be struggling with microservices and they go back to that on-demand channel and, and, and listen to some of the talks. And so they can choose when it's relevant for them. So there's online content, there's live events like Reboot Today, which again, appeals to those who want to get hands-on with learning. And that's a really key part for our engineers. They are hands-on people by, you know, by their very identity. So opportunities to work on cloud platforms, even if they're not in their day job moving to cloud yet, it's an opportunity to get hands-on uh, and that's important. And then I think something that Alistair and team are passionate about and which we're seeing an increase, particularly post-pandemic actually, is social learning and getting people together at our hubs and locations to learn together. And I think it's, you know, I always relate it back to you know, what works for me. Well, yeah, if I, if I contract with a friend to go for a run at a weekend, then I'm more likely to do it than when I just contract with myself. So it's interesting you mentioned the sort of the change in culture around learning post-pandemic. Um, you know, what 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 have we seen the pandemic change when it comes to that? Are people more reluctant to go to these social events? Would you find? I think initially when we came out of the pandemic, not just attending events, um, but also just going back into the office was was a challenge. I remember, so I remember the first time we did a reboot event post-pandemic. Um, we gave people little lapel badges that were red and green, where red was, please keep your distance. Green, I'm okay to be hugged. Uh, because it was still very, yeah, it was still very early days. We're not sure about going into a massive room with 500 people. You know, that, that had to be encouraged going back into the office was also a challenge. Well, would there be as many people as before? Would I even go in and actually see anybody I knew? Uh, and so we, we created a, a spin-off, which we called Reboot Local, which was based in offices where we got together a whole bunch of stalls and talks and advertised it. And colleagues thought, oh, I'll go into our Edinburgh office that day because there's something happening. And, and slowly we encourage people back into the office they remembered what it was like to just talk with people and have that sort of social interaction and collaboration and I think it really helped us bridge that gap from the pandemic. And Alistair you know how important is that social interaction when it comes to people learning new skills? Well that's really important and that's kind of where we can talk about what is the most innovative and new 
I think you don't really get away from that. And if you look at the way that schools have worked for, you know, hundreds of years, really, the way that people learn from each other is a real key part. So we've really dialed up after the pandemic, our social learning, which is really, you know, about just getting people together to kind of learn either with each other and experiment and explore a subject together or to have someone, you know, who really knows something well come in and, and coach others. And that's how a lot of engineers like to learn, you know, just by hands-on keyboards, experimenting and exploring and having some help every now and then. And, and you know, how do you inspire people to take part in a continuous learning culture? Because you never really get to the end, do you? Um, this this is meant to be a sort of an evolution. You know, it, it, people's mindsets like that already, or do you have to encourage that? I think it's interesting because I think bank-wide... We talk a lot about, you know, continuous learning culture and how do we build that. But my experience with a lot of engineers is that's really part of the day to day. You know, as part of your day to day work is you're doing problem solving. The whole world of engineering changes, you know, all the time. There's obviously some things that are very standard and have been around for decades, like the same sort of patterns and blueprints. But the way that you implement them changes. And for a lot of people, obviously, moving to things like cloud microservices you know things like cloud native architecture is quite a change but those sort of foundations are the same and it's really you're learning how you can relate what you already know to a new platform or way of doing things and if you don't naturally have that maybe you're not an engineer you know or maybe you you haven't sort of built that into your working week of sort of continuously learning um how can we engage those people have you guys got any tips or tricks or is there anything that you personally use yourself What we are doing more of is bringing technology and technology topics to the wider bank colleague network. Technology is part of everybody's job these days. So you don't have to be a a full-on engineer, but having an understanding of where the bank might be positioning itself regarding AI that we've talked about, blockchain, you know, those sorts of topics is just widening their skill set and getting an appreciation and awareness. So that's important. And then if colleagues want to go a bit further and maybe do want to make that move into an engineering or a data scientist role, then we've got some internal cross-training initiatives which help on that journey. And that's often, we have things like like mentoring and tech mentors. So you've got the opportunity to get a mentor that helps you with your coding journey. So again, you learn something, but you've got somebody to talk to about it. And then our other internal networks like Women Connect Tech, places where like-minded people can get together and start their tech journey. So those, again, those social opportunities really, really help oil the wheels of that learning machine. And what kind of response do you have to that? Are people are people wanting to know more about technology who don't work in that space? Or do you have to conjole them to sign up to various bits and pieces? I think it's quite clear, you know, the way that work is going is more technolo- technology driven. And I think that really motivates people to kind of go out and explore. And obviously it kind of builds a bit of a critical mass We've definitely got a lot of support from our leaders and through them talking about this, obviously it encourages others. Uh, But I think a lot of people just feel that it's the future. You know, things like AI and blockchain and that kind of stuff is kind of people are curious about it. So to offer something on a plate where here's something for anyone to go and learn about that, it's well 
taken up. Yeah, and it's sort of the way that you future-proof your job, isn't it? You know, it's about sort of staying relevant to these really rapidly changing technologies. And that's what we do here at Reboot. So when, you know, we've got a brochure here with um, all the talks and workshops that are happening today, and each one's got a little grading by it of, is it for everybody? Does it require a sort of foundation knowledge? Or is it more of a deep specialism? So that there is something for everybody and pitched at their level or their stage in their learning journey absolutely and you mentioned reboot sarah reboot's your baby isn't it you you've been there from the very beginning um talk us a little bit about why it started and how it's grown over the years yes i guess reboot is my baby and it started five years ago five years ago this week we held our first reboot and it was very much an experimental event we were going through our engineering transformation phase at the time and we'd got engineers together but it was kind of powerpoint based presentations which were interesting but this was an audience whose whose identity was getting hands on so we thought actually we could make it a bit more engineeringy and so so that's literally what we did kind of put some stalls and workshops and talks together and and put a hackathon together and and to be quite honest I didn't know whether anybody would turn up. It was a wet Friday in November, you know, they might not have, might not have shown up at all, but they did. And the feedback was amazing. It's the best day I've had at work. Can we do one over two days and all that good stuff. And so from then on, we've, we've continued to take the brand around the country. We've grown it enormously so that today there's a thousand people here. So from small acorns and this mighty reboot oak tree has grown and we've done spin-offs as well so what we did as I mentioned during the pandemic was to move to more online consumable content reboot local helping people back into the office and then you know making them bigger and better using feedback loops feedback's really important it's how we learn about reboots how we change and adapt reboot to the changing needs of our audience. So uh, I am proud of what it's become. And everybody talks about the reboot buzz. Being here today, everybody can hear the buzz around people talking tech, learning about tech and getting hands-on with tech. Very much so. I mean, just outside the door, we have, you know, lots of different stands. I've seen people with headphones on them, testing out various bits of technology. Um, There's a really great atmosphere here. Um, And I can't wait to go and explore all the different exhibitions that you've got here. Um, So what's in store for future reboot events? Have you got any big ambitions for it yeah I don't know if we'll get bigger than this we're running out of venues really Um, but what we are doing and what we started a couple of weeks ago was something we're calling reboot power up which is a business platform specific hackathon and we did it with our homes platform so that those that deal in in mortgages and they did it with their platform team so bringing business colleagues and engineering colleagues together into teams to work on homes specific problems so that was a that was a sort of a hundred strong event really good feedback on that and a lot of interest now from other business platforms to uh to take that model and and give it a go in their area so that's that's definitely one thing we'll be exploring in 2024 and uh, there's a hackathon going on today um do, do those ideas get fed back into lloyd's as a whole yes it varies. We take them to the relevant p 
people who can make them happen. Um, and sometimes, you know, bits of one idea get melded with another. So um, I think today's a really classic example of um, a challenge with a third party, Scottish Tech Army. Uh, you know, it's all around tech for good. And, and can we help with the homelessness crisis by developing something today that, uh, you know, can be used for a, for a more sort of greater good? So, yeah, lots to do with the challenges to, to make them, uh, to move them from prototypes to, to the real thing but that but that's the overall goal brilliant well amazing worthy cause that people are busy working on as we speak the hackathon's taking place okay well we're nearly at the end of this podcast recording um but i'd love to sort of finish off on just reflecting on a couple of things um you know this is all about looking at technology and how it can help us upskill and develop our knowledge base we've mentioned generative ai is there anything else out there that you think you know this is a game changer or this is really impacting the way people are learning or you know is there another example around generative ai that you think is really exciting i think the really important thing is just having the time to learn and the curiosity which is obviously you know not particularly innovative or new but definitely in work having that time to learn you know our people and places function have this drop everything and leave day a deal day and the idea is that they can go off and explore things either as a group or individually and kind of look at what they're doing in their current role or for a future role. And it's giving that time across the platform teams. Everyone has at least, you know, an hour a week to learn to explore themselves. And that can be using any platform or, you know, however they learn best. And it's creating that time to learn, which is really important. And I guess that sounds like it has to come from the culture within the company as well, where, you know, that is sort of seen as a really important way to spend your time. And you should prioritise that over, you know, doing your day to day job as well. And that's always the balance, especially as an engineer. You know, there's a lot of pressure to deliver and deliver code. But really, the, the way to deliver better code and quality code is to take that time and step back, you know, spend the time refactoring, spend the time looking at things you've done and think, is that the right way to do it? There's a better way to do that now. Uh, and that's where obviously bringing generative AI back in, things like Copilot really helped speed that up. Uh, very much when I was learning to code, one of my mentors kind of said to me, if you feel that you're writing some code and it feels a bit clunky or you're right, you know, there's too much, then it's probably wrong. And that's where it's great to go out and just research and kind of learn new ways of doing things. And do you think people will be using generative AI tools in that context where, you know, it can literally help them write that code or get them past that sticking point? That's what Copilot very much seems to do for people so it's really great because it just it elevates things and I suppose the danger is you just accept suggestions without really thinking about them but if you consider what's being suggested and think about whether it's the right thing you know thinking about the contents you're working in you can really learn from it mm. so sort of still being critical about the answers it's giving you but but using that as a as a way of building on that your next idea you know the thing with generative AI is a great you can just go to chat GPT uh, and ask for some code and it will generate some really good boilerplate code which you wouldn't want to put into production but you can generate something that you can play with so if you're experimenting with a devops pipeline you can very easily you know build a microservice app to put through that pipeline or if you want to build a back end for a front end that you're experimenting with it's, it's great for that kind of thing but like i say it's not not that you'd want to necessarily put that into production but when you're learning you can spend a lot of time sort of writing building blocks that you don't have to and these tools are really new you know they're sort of coming up to being a year old are you sort of seeing people changing the way they work or are you seeing people being more productive because of them it's interesting because i think some people 
go all in and spend a lot of time, you know, looking at it and exploring what is there. And that's great. But at the same time, things like Copilot with like Office 365, it's just going to kind of land on people's desktops and then they'll sort of get hit in the face with it a bit and then they'll kind of be encouraged to explore it. So it's interesting kind of mix. And I guess that's where your your job comes into play, where you go, yes, use these tools, go go experiment, go and enjoy. Sarah, is there anything else you'd like to add to that? I think Alice has covered most of it. I think um, when you work in technology, you've got to be open to all sorts of new challenges and new ways of learning. And that curiosity carries colleagues a long way. But it's not just about engineers. It's about the wider business as well. And I I think the growth of sort of business technologists will be a, a key change over the coming years. And these tools that Alistair's talked about will be the enablers of that. Amazing. OK, so my final question is, why is Lloyd's a great place to be right now for technologists when it comes to upskilling or developing their careers? What would you say, Sarah? Well, I'd say, obviously, you can come to Reboot and get hands on and, and have a really <laughs> fun, an event like have, this. A, have a fun day, of course. But we're, you know, we're transforming the bank digitally and there are lots of opportunities. And as I always say to prospective um, employees, it's we do this at scale. We're the largest UK retail bank. If you want to be uh, working on an app that's in 20 million customers' pockets, then come to Lloyd's. Amazing. And I think that's what's really exciting is that top-down support. We've had, you know, a lot of changes at the exec level recently over the past kind of two years. And there's much more awareness of tech and how tech can really enable the business. Our CEO talks about how we have more customers interacting with our code than our counters and call centers. And it's things like that, you know, little sound bites that help engage people in the wider learning, but also just shows how, you know, tech is very much part of the, the DNA of the bank. Yeah, and hugely influential. And, you know, you're reaching many, many people, as you were saying, Sarah, at scale. Well, Sarah and Alistair, thank you so much for joining me today and thank you for all your insights into how we can create a continuous learning culture and for taking time out of Reboot because I know you're both very busy today. Thank you also for tuning in at home. My name's Georgie Barrett and you've been listening to the No Ordinary Tech Podcast. If you want to learn more about our available roles in tech and transformation, make sure you head to lloydsbankinggroup.com forward slash careers.